Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Alfredall. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Vigorito. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shuler, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. And uh, the uh, NFL Final Four has... uh, become clear now as uh, the Super Bowl matchups are starting to take shape. Brian Flores seems like he's uh, closer to being the Miami Dolphins uh, head coach. And uh, we have a death of uh, a legend in Bob Kuchenberg from the 1972 perfect season team. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, both in Dolphinland and in the NFL. And it's been... uh, I would say a pretty busy week as far as that goes, and I know that there's uh, a lot of fans who have kind of settled in from what this year uh, was, and now uh, with Adam Gase taking the job as the New York Jets head coach, um, I think a lot of eyes have opened there, and uh, he was uh, basically named the official uh, coach today, and he had his press conference, and um, it's very deja vu for a lot of Dolphin fans to see that, and, and uh, you know, quite frankly, I'm a little surprised that he did land on his feet as fast as he did, um, but we'll see. We'll see how that all uh, pans out. Um, so without further ado, let's uh, welcome Rich to the show. As uh, Rich, I guess we, we, we'll start off with... Um, with the death of Bob Kuchenberg, um, one of the mainstays of the 1972 Miami Dolphins, and, and uh, you know we've talked in the past of how um, there's been a few key names now who have have died from that team. Uh, this is another big one. It's huge, and you know he's he's one of those guys that really lasted through all three eras, really of of good Dolphin football. You know, he was there for all of them, and. He was a, you know, he should have been playing in the 84 Super Bowl if he wasn't injured, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say that he, he probably is the only guy because Nat Moore came in after, and Newman got there in 73, so I think he is the only guy who was basically there for the perfect season and then followed it all the way up through the Marino era. I know Vern Den Herter yeah. was there for a while, but I don't th- he didn't make it to the Marino era. I think Kuchenberg might be no. the only one. Yeah, I think Kuch is the only one that made it that far, yeah. I remember he was seeing double in '84. He never yeah, really could get yeah. on the field. Yeah, I, I know. Um, uh, that was '85. Was uh, when he uh, really had a problem seeing double, right, and decided to hang it up. Right. 
Well, did and, he play uh, in '84 at all? Yeah, he he did. I I, I believe he did. Um, he well, basically from the smashing on the forehead. Uh, you know, he um, I guess that just kind of caught up with him, and then you know he started like you said seeing double. And, uh, you know, it was a big thing. Um, the one thing that I remember is that when Marino f- got his first start, um, you know, Kuchenberg was there. He was obviously playing guard at that time in 83. And when, yep. you know, in that Buffalo game when, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, he was he was announced or whatever and he comes out and then you could see him uh, basically being greeted by, by Kuchenberg then. Um, so, you know, like you said, I mean, you hit it on the head. This is a guy that, you know, went from, you know, 72 on up into there and including, you know, everything, you know, in between. A very controversial guy in a lot of respects as well. Um, he was very outspoken uh, and, uh, you know, one of the, the latest or, you know, or, or the more recent uh, once was when the 72 Dolphins were invited to the White House, and, and he didn't go. And me and you have joked about this, you know, a few times. Uh, not only didn't he go, but he made Langer stay home as well and a couple other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, look, we were around Cooch a lot. He wasn't the friendliest guy in the world, that's for sure. You know? No, we were, <laughs> this, this is true. We've, we, we've, we've had some personal moments with him. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Um, but but, but yeah. putting that all aside, uh, you know, as far as um, you know, his his, his play, uh, I guess most famous for the um, for Super Bowl eight, where he had the broken arm, and uh, right. and, and and then uh, like a rag doll. dominated him. Yeah, dominated him yeah. for for the entire yeah. entire standpoint. Um, you know, you know of that. Say, I, I mean, I've been I've been harping on this since the eighties. You know, this guy should be in the Hall of Fame, and the fact that he's not is a disgrace. It really is. <laughs> There is no justification for it. There really isn't. I don't care what you you say, do, however you want to go about it. Um, there's no justification for it at all. And, uh, you know, there was a time when he became on the Veterans Committee. And, uh, you know, and um, you know, I don't know what happened there. I, I thought that was a sure, uh, you know, that he was going to get in then. He didn't. And, uh, you know, there, there's nothing – there's nothing to take it away uh, from that. I mean, he appeared in, in you know, in, in, in uh, well, certainly the three Super Bowls uh, of, well, he was a 72 and 73 for sure, and, and, and 82 as well, starting guard in the 82 season. And then, uh, and like you said, I, you know, I, I, he was involved in 84, um, but he, he was hurt. So, uh, you know, I don't think he did. He, he, didn't, he didn't start in that Super Bowl. I don't know uh, whether right. or not he even took the field that year I'm, I'm not sure I, I, you're probably right he probably didn't um because uh i i think uh roy foster probably uh was in there um you know to uh to take the other guard position um right ed newman and roy yeah, foster I, I don't i don't think you really i don't remember him playing in 84 i mean i could be yeah wrong, i think you're right really I, I think you're right Probably, well, yeah, I think you're right. He was a member of the team, but I don't think he ever got on the field, right? Right. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's so. just like an injury. Yeah, I think, yeah, cause I I think, think what – I think the seeing double thing was getting him in 84. Because I remember right. they didn't know – they thought he was always coming back. He was always coming back, and it never happened, you know? And then I guess officially retired before the 85 season. Correct, yeah. Because, because I, think, I think Roy Foster kind of took over that, that guard role, right? And so uh, Roy yeah, Foster became. I would the, think so, but I think if Cooch came back, I think he would have started. 
you know? Yeah, I, yeah. you're probably right. I remember, but, hearing, but like, I remember hearing they thought he was coming back. Like, they didn't think it was going to be career-ending, what was going on and ended up being. The, the reason being uh, of him being a Philly, I remember inside the NFL – um, the Nick Bonacani Len Dawson version. They went to Miami during '84, and I think they they had you know how they had they're at the camp or whatever. But they interview a few guys, and I remember them interviewing. I remember them interviewing Cooch, and so he obviously was around that team. He wasn't on IR yet, like you said. It was probably one of those offered all type deals where you know they were hoping every any any week he would return, but just never did. And uh, so yep. and he started talking about the double vision then. And uh, so, yeah, that that's one of the memories that, that certainly comes back to me and, uh, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, a big one, Notre Dame, came from Notre Dame, uh, Notre was Dame. Uh, a, a free agent. I think he only played one one year of, uh, I don't know what that's called. Uh, basically, uh, it's professional football, but it's not like uh, main professional, right? It was independent well, or what do you have me? He quit. He quit the Eagles. He was like in training camp with them, and he quit. And uh, uh-huh. his brother goes, "You're not coming back here." Like he called his mm-hmm. house, and like, "You're not coming out of here. We don't take quitters home or something like that." And I think he right. like he was out of football for like a year, and he played semi-pro. Semi-pro and, uh, is that what it is? Yeah, I know yeah, he played yeah. in some yeah. league, and then sh- he played semi-pro football. And then uh, somehow we got to try out with the Dolphins, so that was you know that was it. Yeah, and and like we said, going back to it now, um, you know, uh, obviously Earl Morrill has died, Gary Yepremian, um, certainly, you know, big names from that team, uh, but Kuchenberg, uh, Mandich, yes, and uh, and in Kuchenberg, you know, is arguably, you know, at the you know, the mainstay that has, has passed on um, now uh, being the starting guard and, like you said, being There's there There's a so lot of them now, so. man. It's a, you know, it's not one or two anymore, man. It's no, a lot no. now. You're right. You and, uh, and getting at this stage, you know, it's uh, – Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just something you got to deal with, I guess, at this point well, in time. He was, he was very, you know, un, you know, mistakenly absent from that last reunion show that I went to. You know, remember I told you in October – you know, I was, okay. I was shocked that he wasn't there. And that's, you know, and like Langer, the way he was talking, there was nothing wrong with him. But I thought it was very strange that he wasn't at that, you know. So he was yeah. always at those things. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, and then uh, I guess, you, you know, uh, today Adam Gase took uh, took the reins as the uh, New York Jets head coach. Um, I was uh, <laughs> I was a little – I, I was surprised that he, he – well, why you say that? Uh, why not? He's the head coach of the I'm team. Why, why? Yeah, I know. I'm just laughing. You know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't land on his feet as fast as he did. And you know, from from all reports, when he was relieved of the Dolphin head coaching job, you know, he was a little bit arrogant about that. And the rumors are that he was asked to give up final control of the roster and stay as the coach, and he turned that down. And, uh, you know, that he, he felt he had so many other opportunities and offers of people wanting him. And, yeah, I thought that was over-exaggerated. Maybe it was, but one team was certainly interested in him, and then they signed him, and that's the New York Jets. And he doesn't have control of the final roster there. <laughs> yeah, you had said that You had said that he doesn't have that uh, any of no. that control there, right? No. No. I did learn something so, today, though. About Adam Gaze. Did yeah. you catch it? No, I didn't catch it. 
I learned why he wears a hat all the time. <laughs> I, I, I know, he's I know where you're going. Bird. He's a funny looking uh-huh. bird without that hat on, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> nothing is not professional on this show. Let me tell you, <laughs> man. But you know, I will, I will say, I will say this. It's going to be very interesting to see. I, I had made a comment, and I thought that. Um, you know, Adam Gase appears to me to be the kind of guy that if he went back and took an offensive coordinator position and did that and then got another run at it, I thought that he could be a, a successful coach. He didn't go that route. He dipped right back into the water. And I'm very curious to see how that's going to translate. Most times it doesn't translate well. So it's going to be interesting to see. Most of the guys well, who have had a... Learned, you don't think he learned anything in five days? That, that's the thing. I mean, mo- most guys who have had, ha- who have had a, a head coaching stint and then, you know, have come back and had success the second time around, like a Bill Belichick, if you will, uh, usually stop off and go back and regroup, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we we know how difficult well, that New York Jets situation is going to be, no matter who you well, are. You know, what's so funny. What, What's funny about it is, like, he has a, you know, we know how hard of a time he has relating the stars, Right. Right, you know, he doesn't know how to talk to stars. Well, he doesn't have that problem with the Jets because they have none. So no, he but they have okay a, in that aspect. But they <laughs> do have, you know, a top quarterback draft pick. You know, a guy that was drafted yeah, extremely high. It's not that, a star yet, though. It's certainly it's not, not a star, star yet. yet. No, it's it's not a star yet. But um, you know, it, 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 I I would say that most of this is going to rest on Sam Darnold. I mean, you know, any success or non-success he has is probably going to rest there. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what changes he makes, and we'll also see what what personnel he brings with him. Have you heard any of the coordinators that he's picked up on? No, I mean, there's a rumor about Craig Williams going there, but I haven't heard it solidified yet. You know, I, I had thought that he did. That's not official. No, it's not official yet. Okay. Then maybe Williams is waiting to see if he gets another head coaching job because I had heard that that he was going to be the defensive coordinator there, but maybe they jumped well, the gun no on that. Jobs left, right? <laughs> there's one. <laughs> well, there's two, really, but they, I just heard that they're um, they're basically you know waiting on the the seasons to end, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, any of these guys that are in the mix right now are still involved in. Uh, in playoff football, um, which we will get into, but I, you know, the one who's come to the forefront now is Brian Flores, who's is the um, uh, New England Patriots uh, uh, coordinator, and uh, so basically, uh, you know, I guess you know it's a mixed bag on whether or not you know you think that, uh, that he's going to be the guy. It's, it's certainly looking like he is going to be the guy, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, it, it, it seemed weird how he was kind of put right to the forefront uh, in a hurry, you know. And uh, well, what, what, you know, when I look, I, I don't know this guy from a hole in the wall, but but can you explain to me how we're going after a guy who's a 21st-ranked defense in the league, and we know how Belichick's, you know, you know, cast-offs have done. So, like, you know, now we get the 21st defense of a guy who's been a one-year linebacker slash defensive coordinator. Because Belichick's really the defensive coordinator, right? Well, so you know how I feel about that. Jam out of Belichick's, 
tree here? I, I, I don't, you know, it just seems to me another reach, like, big time. Yeah, well, here, here's what I will say to that. Um, as far as Belichick being the defensive coordinator, uh, I mean, in a sense, no. Because if he was, then, you know, uh, Matt Patricia wouldn't have been so, you know, uh, so in the limelight and in there. I mean, so, you know, I th- I've said all the time, when you're a head coach, you cannot be a coordinator anymore. Now, basically, what that means is that, you know, uh, you've seen with Gase, you've seen with Philbin, and even Tony Sperano didn't have a great offensive line when he was the coach there. Because you have so many other duties that you have to have responsibility for. But what Belichick can do is he can sit in on a meeting and he can bring something to the table because he's such a defensive genius. And, and then he can go on the side and he can talk to his defensive players. So, yeah, in a sense, you're right about that. Now, there are guys who are like McVay who are the offensive coordinators, per se. It just seems to me that, you know, when you do that, you have such a hard time controlling everything else unless you're really a veteran at it. And uh, McVay might be the exception. We'll see. But when you look at what um, the, the, the New England defense has done, I think they've, they've scored a lot of points on defense. And uh, and their yardage, I guess, is good. That that's the stat that I keep hearing thrown at me about this defense and this guy, you know. But I agree with you. I mean, my my, my point is, I don't know anything about Brian Flores. I mean, I know the Honduras background and, and that, that that they had a special on him, and and you know, but he hasn't been a uh, 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 he grew up, I think, in Brooklyn or something like that. So he's a New Yorker per se. But I, I don't know. He's never had a, a coordinator position before this. So this no. is like the first time. And, you know, you know my feeling on it. It's nothing against him or anybody else. I just, I just felt that after 15-plus years of instability in the Miami Dolphin organization, I really felt that they need stability. Somebody who has a track record, somebody who has some, some uh, you know, I don't want to say qualifications, but some experience at running the entire gamut to stabilize the ship for a while. And that's my biggest yeah, concern. I totally He's, agree with you. I don't, you know, look, he, I don't think this, this uh, regime of decision makers can find the diamond in the rough. It's not against Brian Flores, but I don't think these guys, the what the interview is, now we have the fake GM as the real GM making decisions that I'm sure the, the fired GM is still in the mix with, right? So we're going right. to just change their structure. Right. Well, this seems like it's a Chris Greer hire. It really does, if it does take fruition. I know he's had some uh, experience. He started out up in New England, and it just seems to me like this is a Chris Greer hire. But, um, but like you said, I mean, there's been a bunch of coordinators that have been hired, and the Dolphins have had the, the last three head coaches have been coordinators, right? And and so you know my concern is just that 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 route didn't work out, and I don't really like you said have any confidence that they're going to be able to really find the diamond in the rough. Of course, they're going to the New England Patriots because they feel like you know like we can take something there, and it's just automatically going to come with this thoroughbred breeding of of, uh, of experience and know-how, and it, and you can see with Danny Amendola. Listen, as far as a tree, and I've talked about this quite a while, okay, as far as you want to go coaching trees, there is none better than Parcells. 
Parcells' tree is second to none. It's, it, it's, it's, it's insane how good it is. I mean, you're talking Super Bowl-winning coaches, left and right, right? Everywhere you look, from Tom Coughlin yeah. to, to Sean Payton to Bill Belichick, who's arguably the greatest coach of the modern era, right? They're all Parcells. But as far as Bill Belichick's tree, not so good. Not so good at all. I mean, you can say yeah. Saban, but he's a college coach, and it's a lot different. So I don't even count that. And then if you go around the league – you know, his guys have not had a lot of success. The Josh McDaniels, uh, I mean, the, 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 you know, even if you consider like Schwartz, which I do, um, you know, Saban, Tannebaum, you know, the GM for for uh, Atlanta, uh, you know, had some success there. But we're talking about a GM. As far as the coaching tree, yeah, not very good at all. But, but Charlie Weiss was never a head coach in the NFL. So if I'm not going to count Saban, I'm not counting Weiss, right? Well, Weiss got that stupid contract with um, with Notre Dame, and where did he go after I, that? He went back with Belichick. I understand it. Yeah, I think so. But my point is, he he never coached the NFL. I'm talking just NFL coaches. Because I go okay. there, then I got to give him Saban, and I'm not going to the college ranks. Yeah, you know, Romeo, I'm talking Cornell just just to the NFL. So Cornell was uh, yeah, and Cornell was uh, he, 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 he did, but he never had coached, right? He went to the Browns. Did he coach yeah, there? Yeah, he did coach he there. Had coach yeah. For a while, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he brought in uh, Willie McGinnis. He basically destroyed Willie McGinnis' yeah, career. Yeah, he brought in Charlie Weiss, matter of fact, after he got yeah, he did. From he did. He, yeah. he did. Yeah. But I'm talking about just head coaching. So no, 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 um, no I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but Cornell brought in Weiss after he got fired. Remember? Yeah, I do Cornell remember. Was, he was a cool one, right? Yeah, he brought him in there, yeah. but, you know, yep. yeah. So as far as, you know, that goes, you know, I don't think that Flores being a New England Patriot under Belichick really gives that much credence as far as what he's going to do. I hope he proves me wrong. It's going to be a lot on his plate. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of issues in Miami that yeah. need to be resolved. So, you know, I, I, if he is, in fact, the guy that they're going to hire, we'll see how that goes, and uh, and I guess we'll go from there. But, um, well, you, you, know, read like all these, you read all these articles this week, what they plan to do there, right? Like no, but hold, hold that they... thought. Rich, we got to take a quick uh, break. So hold that thought when we yeah. come back and get Dallas. We'll be right back. This. Hi, this is John Alfredall, number 56, the old Miami Dolphin linebacker. You're listening to the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show, sponsored by Iberia Tiles, with locations from Georgia to South Florida. Iberia Tiles offers over 3,000 products and complete peace of mind. From tiles, molasses, and stone to wood flooring, Iberia has a solution no matter what the size of your project. Visit IberiaTiles.com. That's I-B-E-R-I-A. And ask for Dave or call direct at 404-409-0746. And Fanatics.com. If you love the Miami Dolphins, then you need to visit Fanatics.com. Once again, that's Finn, P-H-I-N. And now back to your Miami Dolphins Pleasant Show with your host, Pat Catello.
Okay, welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Pat Catello, Rich Van Zandt, as we uh, come into the uh, home stretch of uh, championship weekend in the NFL. And uh, we'll, we'll go over that, four teams remaining. Just a reminder, you can catch us on iTunes. Just go right to the iTunes store. You can get our latest episodes automatically downloaded right on your phone. Send us any questions or comments right to the Pat Catello Show at Yahoo.com. So, uh, Rich, as you were saying, now, uh, Flores seems like he is going to be um, – you know, I, well, I, I don't know there's a lot could change, but right now he's the front runner to take the job. Everybody's almost assuming that he's going to be the guy. And you were saying what? Well, you know, I've been reading like all these articles how they want to like, you know, totally do a rebuild and tear down everything. Like, I mean, the way our roster sits, do you need a rebuild? I don't even understand it really. What? What? what are you just going to cut every decent contract and rebuild? Like. It's not like we have, like, an overpriced, you know, star-laden, you know, team that you have to rebuild. Like, I mean, aren't you into that bottom of the point with this roster? Well, you do have to. I don't some, even understand some... their philosophy, do you? Well, you do have some big names, basically, that are going to be, you know, like, like Jones and stuff like that. I mean, is that what you're talking about? I guess so. I don't, you know, you know, I don't know. Do you understand what they mean by a rebuild? I mean, you have to rebuild the offensive line. It's there's two guys that were hurt last year. They're thirty something years old. I mean, you only really have you need two guards basically, and a, and maybe a tackle if you get rid of Jones, James. I mean, right? I mean, but like the way they talk about the rebuild, it's like almost comical. Well, what, what did you hear? I mean like they're going to clean house with everything? That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what they said, they're, and they're and they're planning on uh, drafting a, a, a you know one of the top quarterbacks in 2020. Yeah, I had seen that. I mean, that's all. That's I all got fantasy you. I understand fishing. That. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. that's so easy to say. You but know, it's not from the Bleacher Report, my friend. It's from Miami Herald Sun Sentinel. It's not like you know what I mean. It's yeah, not like what, from, like, the what does it mean they're planning thing. on planning on drafting a top quarterback in 2020? What does that mean? Like, how do you get that? You know what I'm saying? Like, know. of course they're looking for a quarterback, but how do you get? Well, that means they're going to get the that top quarterback. Be, get ready for a real awful season next year. Is that well, what right? That's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, what what does that yeah. even mean? Of course they need a quarterback, but that doesn't mean they're going to get one. And, and like they're going to be able, no. they're going to be the first pick in 2020. They they want to do yeah. that in 2019 if they could, but there's no guarantee to that. You know, what that basically says is that they're not going to get that quarterback this year. That Tannehill will probably be there for another year. I think reading between lines, it means don't expect us to sign anybody of substance of free agency. And, um, and and don't be surprised if we win less than five, seven games next year. Okay. That's what they're trying to, like, you know, that's what they're trying to, like, you know, come up with. Yeah, but again, I, you know, you're talking about all this stuff without even having a coach in charge. So, yeah, I agree that that's probably the route and that's what's going to happen, but what do you expect? I mean, new coaches are going to come in and go 12-4, and four, you know, right off the bat. I mean, he's going to have to make some serious changes. As far as the roster goes, there's no way they're cleaning house because there's a lot of talent on the roster. It's just that there's a lot of key positions that they, they need it. So uh, there's a lot of guys that aren't getting cut. Like you said, Juani James, he's not going anywhere. Uh, Tunzel, not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, 
Fitzpatrick, you know, barring a trade, is a young safety. He's not going anywhere. I mean, there's a lot of talent there that's not moving. Now, there's going to be guys that are going to be like like Jones, right, or something like that. Um, if a defensive guy Jones comes, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those kind of guys, right? And I think a lot of that has to do yeah. with a defensive or an offensive guy. And, you know, and, and if, if, you are, if you are planning on a four-year plan – then maybe some of those older guys don't fit into your system. But I, here's the thing, Rich. I don't know what you could get for them anyway. So what's the point? What's Nothing. the difference? Yeah, you're you know? The same money? The same salary cap money, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Like said, I, don't understand, dump, I don't understand Ross's press conference, what, what he said, you know? How, like, you know, you don't build a team with draft picks and free agency, and it'll be insanity to keep doing the same thing. How else you build a team? Yeah, I don't really understand what that means either. Um, you know, I, I look at the free agents that are available next year. It's not a great free agent market this year. It's really not. I mean, there's certain guys out there, but it's, it's not really a great free agent market. I think, realistically, the biggest question mark comes to quarterback, and I think I think that you got to really face the facts that I think Ryan Tannehill is probably your best option for going in quarterback next year unless something changes. What I mean by that is I don't know where you're getting another quarterback at that level. You can draft somebody, but you you're know, not going to have a great pick. You're not going to draft anybody that's going to step in. Here's the other thing. What are you going to do? You're going to go out and like overpay a Foles or somebody? Or to right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's pro- it doesn't make exactly. any sense. It doesn't make sense. So I think like he's probably going to be the choice. Things can change. People have said Osweiler. Let me tell you, I, I almost guarantee you Brock Osweiler is going to be a New York Jet. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's possible, you know. I don't think he's going to be in the Dolphins' I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I know Gase is Gase's boy. Gase is the guy who brought him in there because he, he drafted him out in Denver. And I think he'll probably back up Sam Darnold, you know? Um, so, yeah, like you said, I mean, the older guys, the older veteran quarterbacks, I don't see them as a much better option than Tannehill, you know? But we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what changes. The one, I was going to throw this out in the third segment. There's one thing that does scare me. The one guy that keeps popping in my head that's going to be available for the right price and the right trade is Matthew Stafford, and that scares me because that's a guy that I could see Tannebaum and these guys really liking and making a play for, and I think that would be a huge mistake, and I'm putting well, that, that on that the record right now. Their whole, that would go against their whole philosophy of the total rebuild if they do something like that. You know, that's going after a veteran quarterback that you would, they would have to pay a ton of money to. Well, what is a total rebuild? I mean, starting from scratch? That's what you're saying? I don't know. I was it's, asking you. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because we certainly, we're almost at scratch, for crying out loud. I mean, you can't get much of a cheaper roster than we have now. I mean, they got rid of all the stars last year. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh... I guess, I mean, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, there's not like the the, the marquee type names, like you're saying, they're they're gone. When your best player is a quarterback, you're in a lot of trouble, my friend. Yeah, but as far as, like, I don't see them, like, I don't see them getting rid of, like, 
Drake and 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 they got young guys in like Balage and they have young guys some young guys on their line. Um, uh, you know, I don't see those guys going anywhere. As far as your receiving core goes, uh, you know, I mean, we, we does that mean like a Kenny Stills is not going to be there? Stills. Well, Amendola is different. is an older veteran anyway. But I'm talking out of the young guys because when you clean house, you know, like that's the guys I'm looking at. Like, I mean, you Stills, know. Stills isn't worth the money they're paying him. You look at his production, what he's making, he's definitely not worth that. Yeah, but if you look around the league and the contracts that some of these guys have, you'd be surprised. But There's if they're going to do a rebuild, guys. that's a guy they're not going to keep. That's my point. Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't there next year, but, you know. I, but what's he making? He's making like 8 or $9 million a year, Pat, and he didn't break yeah. 800 yards. I mean, you know, that's not really good. No, but, you know, these guys, you know, that that's what they get. I mean, you've seen what they gave up for Amani um, uh, Cooper, you know. I mean, it, it, it's uh, – you know, Cooper's, it, Cooper's a star, though. Was he a star then? I mean, I know he had a great run with Dallas at the end of the year, but – you know, who was better than Kenny Stills ever has been? You want to yeah. give up two first round picks for him? No, I do not. Okay, well, but he's a better player point. than Kenny Stills. Of course yeah. he is, but you didn't have to give up two first round picks for Kenny Stills. That's no, what I'm I saying. Like, I, as as much as you think like Kenny Stills is on this on this top echelon of contracts for like receivers, he's not though. I mean, I know it's a pretty hefty price tag from a lady. They're paying, him, they're paying him way too much, Pat. That's my yeah, point. They, they, he's they not that kind of receiver. He's, he's overpaid. But if you look around the league, I bet you find a lot of guys getting 8 $9 million that are at the same level as him. It's a very overpriced position. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he was gone, but I don't know what that contract is, and I don't know if he's got one more year on it. If you can just release him and you don't have any ramifications, I don't do that. That's what Tannenbaum does, right? I mean, that's what his specialty is, right? The cap and, and, and numbers, right? So I wouldn't be shocked if he's, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone. I wouldn't, you know. But as far as like, uh, I, you know, there, there's not those big guys to drop. It would probably, you know, come down to that. Would probably be the one that digs in, I guess, a little bit. Um, you know, Devontae Parker, obviously, is probably not going to be there, but who knows? Oh, he's gone. Um, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. No, he's gone. I mean, the whole receiving the whole receiving core is, is basically a mixed bag. You know, there's nothing spectacular there. No. You know, who am I missing? Who am I missing? Yeah, Amendola. Albert Park. Uh, Wilson, now, yeah, like that, 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 like that's the guy. Hopefully, he comes back healthy. That's the guy I really like a lot. You would figure he's going to be, you know, in the mix again. We'll see. Running back, you have if a couple of questions. If not, I mean, if he they could be do an injury injury settlement with him, he can't. If he's not, you know, I don't think they hold on to him if he can't play. Yeah, but I don't know that that's going to be the case. I mean, I'm hoping he comes back healthy. I haven't heard anything that it's a career-ending injury or anything. You know, it was it was a serious injury, but you know, we'll we'll see. I don't even know exactly what it was. What was it? So, did we ever find out? Yeah, not not really, right? There was something with the hip, right? 
But then it was it wasn't then. It was originally, but then it wasn't, right? I I don't know. You know why? I'm not even gonna yeah, argue. Well, lie. You're right. So it's hard to it's hard to gauge. It, it they don't tell the truth when it comes to this. It, it is. Know? So it's uh, it doesn't even make sense to waste our breath going back and forth on it because neither one no. of us really know what the heck is wrong with him. So I just hope no. for the best there. I think he's a great player. If he can come back healthy, he could be special. But um, yeah, it's gonna be one of those years. You you you're, you're right. I mean, it's gonna be one of those kind of. You know, start from scratch and, and, you know, I'm just concerned with it because I'm concerned that, you know, you're going to be in the same situation in, in, in four years from now, maybe, you know, uh, less. I mean, Gaze was there, what, three years, you said? Yep. Three years, one playoff appearance. Um, he made the playoffs in his first season? First year. Okay, so uh, – more how to play in the game, remember? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, a, a very strange, a very strange three years. Started off extremely strong, but that that kind of is the mo of these guys. It's not how you start off because people buy into your program. Sperano, extremely successful in his first year. Gase was. Philbin wasn't. Philbin was just blah. Uh, he just that's his really whole, his whole career was blah. It was. It was just. Very uh, unexciting, too much drama, nonsensical. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, like I said, goes back to what I started the show with. Just concerned that, you know, you really need somebody with experience and stability, and none of the names that have floating around are that. But I think it's going to come to this anyway. I mean, it se- certainly seems like this is the way they're heading. So, yeah, I'm not happy about it. I got to be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not thrilled about this decision. And you know, unfortunately, you know, I hate beating a dead horse, but it's nothing's going to change with Ross Otter and his team. You can see the way he acts and the and what his agenda is, and it's not going to change. This is yeah. a it's a really bad situation that we're in, Dolphin fans. It really stinks. It's not fair. You know, it really isn't. We have a we have like a we have the Will Pond of the NFL owning our team. <laughs> and for those people at home, that's the, the the New York Mets. Give a little summary there. Some people probably don't even know that what that is. Yeah, but that's basically what it is. I mean, you know, we're, it's not going to change until this guy sells the team. Well, I could put, I, I could tell you this. This is also what I've heard, and you know, I don't know, you know, how excited you're going to be about it. But what I what I've heard, and inside reports are saying that. Flores probably is going to be the head coach, and I'm hearing Jim Caldwell is going to be the offensive coordinator if he is. So that seems to almost be an established fact. Now, what that does, what that changes, I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of it comes down to who you surround yourself with, right? That's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not just coaching, it's who's on the field, too. You know? So, right, right, but I'm saying you know, as far as like a head coach coming in, you better yeah. surround yourself with top coordinators, right? That know what they're doing and are experienced and can can basically you 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 can't handle every aspect of it. You got to rely yeah. on your coordinators to do their job, and you got to hope that you find the coordinators that are either the diamonds in the rough working 37 hours a day to advance themselves, or the veteran guys who can do it in their sleep and know what they're doing. Now, what are we doing? So, what will we do to our coaches? Are all our coaches released and free agents now? Or they're just hanging in the wind waiting for the shoe to drop. 
Yeah, this the, the, the second part, really, because whoever comes in is basically going to decide. So they're, that. they're under contract with the Dolphins at this point, where they can't yeah, but move. Uh, yeah, most of them are. Most of them are on one-year rollovers and stuff like that. So, yeah, most are under contract, and they'll be relieved of their contract without any ramifications to the Dolphins the second that they're no longer deemed, you know, wanted. So if, if that's not, that's that's not fair either. I mean, if they got to wait this long for this guy to be hired, you know, and they're just hanging in the wind. You know? Well, they're not really hanging in the wind because, to be quite honest with you, the same way that all these other coaches are getting interviews, they are they could be as well. Like Darren Rizzi, right? Like he went in for the Dolphins and he was uh, interviewed for their head coaching spot, right? Uh, well, yeah. if somebody else wanted him, they in the Dolphins were you know he he could go for an interview there. So like Darren Rizzi could be hired as the head coach of well whoever. depends what his contract situation is. If he stole their contract with the Dolphins, they have to get permission from the Dolphins. You got to get permission to a degree, but they can't really hold you up from that as a coordinator to advance up. So like uh, you know like um like a perfect uh, you know example is like you well, know Josh McDaniels. That's necessarily true because there is times where head coaches have denied access to their assistants because they're under contract. Yes, but when the season ends, they can't, right? Not if they're under contract still. It was not just a one-year contract. If they, like you say, Rizzi signed a three-year deal, he's got two years left, they have to get permission from the Dolphins to interview him for anything. Well, I, I don't know then. So all these people are getting permission? So Belichick gave McDaniel well, permission know, and all that? Yeah, like Belichick gave permission for you know this guy to get it to, you know, go with the Dolphins, but like I said, all these assistants, you know, I don't think they have the same kind of contracts. I think everybody's got different contracts. Some maybe more than one year, you know? Well, I've never heard of a, a coach not getting a job because he was still stuck as an assistant. I've never heard of that. I mean, I know that they yeah, have I've the heard, grant I've permission. Heard guys but... that were denied access to them. I've heard that before, Deny I can't tell you the exact yes. thing, but it happened not this year, but I remember last year, like, somebody wanted to interview one of these sisters, and they denied it. Yeah, always, but that's during the year, right? No, no, it, doesn't, it could be any time. If they're under contract for the next year, they could say no. Well, uh, you know, if that's the case, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I You know, I don't know I, more I, assistants are going to be up for head coaching jobs. My point is, if, if they're not going to be rehired by us, Right, if this new guy comes in and cleans house, it's really not fair to them to get on another staff. That's my point. I mean, I really don't care. I'm just wondering if they if they were all when you know when the gaze was relieved, did like a lot of the assistants get relieved too? We never really heard that. No, we haven't, and um, and I know that there's supposedly other interest in some of these guys, uh, including Rizzy. So. You know, I, yeah, I heard the rumor I, that if Rizzi doesn't get the head coaching job, he won't come back. He's going to go to the Jets with uh, Gaze. Yeah. So now, from your standpoint, he wouldn't be allowed to do that if they didn't want him to. But I, I don't think that's if the he, case. If he's still under contract, Pat, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Like some, some, you know, some lesser coaches got one-year deals. A guy like Rizzi may have a five-year contract. You don't know. You know, he's he's stayed over so many regimes. I don't think he's working on a one-year deal every year. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I mean, I don't know what you know Matt Burke's contract is and and other guys. I I don't yeah, know. Wouldn't I don't... you think they would have fired him right off the bat, <laughs> Burke? If what? If he had a longer contract? Yeah, I would have figured they aced, they would have aced him immediately when they fired Gaze, right? The same day, I would have figured, you know, Adam Gaze, Matt Burke, the other yeah, I would think so. I figured the top guys would have been fired right off the bat, which I didn't see any of that, which is a little strange to me. That's my point. I didn't see it either, and yes, and I would think that Burke certainly has had more than a one-year deal, so yeah, I don't know how that works, but yeah. And that is yeah, a but wouldn't you think yeah. they would have fired him already? I'm very shocked yeah, that he's so. even still there. I would yeah, think so, I yeah. I don't understand. I don't, get, I don't get what they're doing. That's my point. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, we'll take a final break. Wrap it up right after this. Hi, this is Larry Little, and you're listening to the Pat Cotillo Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Pat Catello, Rich Van Zandt as we come to the uh, home stretch. And, uh, yeah, Rich, just, you know, one, one more point as we were talking about um, the coordinators and whether or not they can. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I agree. Like, I always remember, like, in the past, I remember, like, Don Shula and that, uh, when he was always asked for permission, he would always grant permission for them because he would say that, you know, that they, they should have an opportunity to move on. And, of course, Shula lost Arn Sparger and stuff like that. I just I, I didn't know that that was something that they could, could kind of hold on to uh, once that head coaching guy was gone, you know. But, uh, you know, maybe that's in, in the, in the, in the uh, contract. I don't know. Is there something like that in there? That, like, when, you, when you fire a guy like Gaze, wouldn't you fire everybody associated with him? That's my thing. 
And then if you want to bring well, him back would. in the room again when somebody else comes in, but wouldn't you like? Wouldn't the new coach pick his own staff? You know what I mean? Like, yes, the, I don't the understand new coach why anybody's would. still there. The new coach would pick his own staff for sure. It just would depend on if you didn't want to lose a guy. I guess you wouldn't fire him. But and that's what I mean. Like, can you hold that hostage? Like, like, okay. Let me give you an example, right? Bill Parcells left, say the Jets or the Giants, right? Yep. How come Belichick was always able to go with him if he was under contract and could be held? That doesn't make sense. I guess he wasn't. How could he not? I guess maybe he was working on a one-year deal all the time, maybe. No we way. No way. No way. No? There's no way a one-year deal every year. There's got to be some kind of, like I said, me, neither one of us know. I don't know. But there's got to no, be some kind, of, some kind of a stipulation. If the head coach goes, you're free or something, right? There's got to be something. I always thought when you fired a coach, you fired everybody. You know? Yeah, I got what you're saying, but my point is if you want to keep somebody. Is it like the Yankees, the only team that, like, always kept around, like, the Yogi Bears and, like, the coaches, like, that that was not negotiable? They just was bringing a manager? Like, but basically every other know. team, when they fire somebody, everybody goes. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Unless you're promoted upwards. But we see a lot of these guys stay. So, like... Okay, so like Darren Rizzi was fired and had to come back in for another interview? I don't think so. No, but I think Darren Rizzi, because of like he survived all these regimes, I think he has a long-term deal with them. No, think. but how did he survive all the things is what I'm saying. I don't remember him being rehired. You're saying he had to no. come back in for an interview and then be and get a new contract? Or they just no, I, him I, I don't think so. I think he, I think he probably had, you know, his first, he probably had was working on two, three-year deals all the time. So, so like, they had, and then when they so hired they the coach, hostage. they probably said, "This, this is your guy." I mean, like they probably didn't give the coach an option. Okay, right? but but, they like but yes, but when I look at it the other way around, I don't think you could hold them hostage, because like I said, that would mean that that Bill Belichick would be your defense coordinator forever without uh, being able to do anything about it. At least what his contract well, he, was. He, he, he could play his contract out and then move on wherever he wanted to. But my point no, is, but if the coach never gets happened. fired or leaves when he's still got a year or two left, then he has to opt out of it or, you know, ask for permission to leave. He can't just quit and then get there's another got, job like that. They're going to they're gonna say you can't work. There's got to be some kind of an out for these guys. There has Maybe. to be. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really have no idea. I can't. Because if there wasn't, just, they would have yeah. been held, like, captive. That's my point. Yeah. And, 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 and I guess the example I'm bringing up, maybe they were and it's all game playing because Belichick, they passed on the head coaching job to him, and then he resigned instantly. And then they had to give draft picks to get him up to New England yeah. in a whole conspiracy thing. But, yeah. but w- the point I'm making is that if would he then still have been the defensive coordinator and trapped? I don't know. For some reason, I think when the head coach goes, something comes up, you know? I I don't know. We have to check into that. It's an interesting point. It really is. You bring up a very interesting point. I'm very surprised Burke is still affiliated with the Miami Dolphins. It doesn't make any sense. Like, even if he only fired three quarters, he's not fired. I hadn't heard that he was fired either. The only reason that I would say you don't is in case you want him and you got these guys held hostage. Yeah. 
Well, who would want? That wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't really make sense. And uh, and if somebody uh, wanted, for argument's sake, if somebody wanted Matt Burke for their head coach, say, and the Dolphins said, <laughs> nope, you can't interview him, that wouldn't make sense. No, I mean, no, I, right. it wouldn't make sense, that you know, but I don't know. There's got to be some loophole well, or something that we for, don't know. There's a reason you have to ask permission. There is. There is. There's plenty of times where I've heard they denied permission to talk to somebody. There I is, that. but it, I always remember it taking place, like, during the year. I never heard it taking place, like, afterwards. Unless well, you're the head coach. The yeah. No, yeah, I, I've that's heard what, him deny. I've, I've heard well, we're keeping him and that's it. He's not, in you know, the he's season? under contract. They don't have to let him leave. So you, you, you remember this in the off season when somebody yeah, says, we want to interview you for who? Yeah. Yes. Who? Do you remember? I, it's not, I don't know. I can't remember who. But you remember specifically, like, in the off season, somebody said, we would like to interview such and such to be our head coach. And they said, no, you have to well, stay here. it always here. starts but, during the playoffs. It always starts during the playoffs because those teams are usually in the playoffs. Right. And I remember but here's denying the thing. it, but they didn't, but he, they didn't let it happen. It didn't, like, they didn't get an interview afterwards. Right, but here's the thing, Rich. I understand exactly what you're saying, and I do remember examples of that as well. I do. But here's the thing. I don't ever remember it when the head coach is no longer the head coach. That's the thing. I think once the head coach goes, I think it changes things. There must be an out or something in their contract that if the head coach goes, they have... Or the new coach doesn't want the old coach's guys either. Yeah, but that's besides the point. But that's besides the point because that's up to the new head coach. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Whether he wants them or not, that's a different issue. The issue comes down to if your head coach, your boss, is basically fired, do you have the right to get out of your contract? And I think you do. I think there's probably some stipulation in there that they can opt out if the head coach is no longer there. Because if you didn't, for say, and you're a coordinator with somebody, and the head coach gets fired, and they bring in somebody that you absolutely do not want to work for, you can't stand. You can't be trapped in that coordinator position under him. I wouldn't think you could. There has to be some kind of an out, but... Who knows? Well, I, that may be individual contracts. I mean, I don't know if that's the Could case be. all around the horn. I'm sure somebody yeah. has that, but I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a. You know, everybody has that. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how how it is either. But I, I'm interested. In the following weeks, I'm just trying to well, get some info the, on what that. What about the girl making the milkshakes? Is she still going to be there? <laughs> the girl making the milkshakes. That one went over my head. <laughs> You don't remember that? They hired this girl. She's a nutrition expert, and she makes custom milkshakes for everybody, you know, according to their needs. You don't remember hearing that? I don't. I don't. But what oh, I do remember on. hearing. But I, <laughs> yeah, that, we have that. Yeah, it really, it really has helped on the field, too. All right. Well, what I do remember hearing, and very quickly, as we've got a very limited amount of time, is uh, there were um, – four games that took place over the weekend so really quickly we will just talk about them. Uh, Kansas City took care of Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts pretty handily Um, it it was the kind of thing where I think Luck's luck just kind of came to an end and he he looked very similar to what he looked like in the championship game in the the deflate game uh, game up there Um, and what I take out of that Very unusual, what I thought was from, from watching the Ravens game their offensive line, the Colts' offensive line dominated the Ravens, and the offensive line on Saturday looked terrible. Right. 
So, uh, yeah. you know, so Kansas City looked good there. They're the one seed. They got the home field advantage. They will host the New England Patriots, who looked, who really looked as good as they've ever looked against the Chargers. Now, me and you have had no faith in in Rivers and the Chargers going up there and doing anything anyway. No. But, um, but, not at all. but New England looked like they had not missed a beat, and uh, they were very dominant. So now they'll go to Kansas City, and and that's going to be a very interesting game. Um, that you know, uh, they they play in similar weather atmospheres, but Kansas City, from most people's perspective, has the loudest uh, stadium in the league, uh, home field wise. It's, 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 it's insane. It's brutally, um, it's brutally cold there though. It's way worse than the England there. It's worse, but I don't That's think the cold will be as much of a factor. I mean, they play in that kind of weather, so I don't think it'll be a weather thing, but I kind of get the feeling that this is, this maybe is, you know, be interested to see how that's going to shake out next week. Um, and, well, you, you know, know it's and, our fault that they're going there. <laughs> yeah, always. We we punched them the ticket to Kansas City because we beat yeah. them. <laughs> well, well, how 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 do you figure that? Because they got well, they got inspired. Them, you're they, saying they lost. Well, they're saying yeah, they would have had they would have had home field advantage if they didn't lose to us. Well, I think they would be better off if they were home. So yeah, I mean, I'll take that. Oh yeah, I'm saying it. Well, we sent them to Kansas City. That's what I'm saying. They'd be at home. Tell you whose fault it is. It's the Houston Texans' fault for laying an egg like they did <laughs> the last week of the season. Yeah. But we don't have enough time to get into that. All right, NFC. Um, the LA Rams looked very dominant uh, in a lot of ways against the Dallas Cowboys, who I think Dallas Dallas played very well. I mean, considering you know, um, but the Rams just were a better team. I think Dallas's luck ran out there, so uh, the Rams advanced there, and they're going to go to New Orleans, who really did not look like New Orleans at all. I mean, they should have lost that game nine ways till Tuesday, and uh, Drew Brees was not Drew Brees really in that game. He had the one touchdown. They did the trick play and the fake punt, um, but. Uh, 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 you know, nonetheless, they win the game, so they're going to host the Rams. And I know that you, are, you know, are a big advocate of Drew Brees and especially the the Saints in that dome. So, uh, so you're you're anticipating the Saints, I think you said, and 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 Kansas City. Is that what you're looking at? Saints, Kansas City Super Bowl, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see. that I think it's going to be a good it's going to be a good weekend of football or, or Sunday of football and uh and in the Super Bowl matchups regardless should be a little bit appealing so we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out um but uh that's our show everybody we'll see you next week and uh have some more insight on it Took a look down a westbound road Right away I made my choice Headed out to my big two-wheeler I was tired of my own boy Took a beat on the northern plains And just rolled that power on Twelve hours out of Mackinac City Stopped in a bar to have a brew Better go.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.